We're grateful for everyone who supports us. Thanks to all our sponsors. This is an ICRT podcast. Enjoy the show. We interrupt this broadcast with some important news. Let's rewind and check out the biggest news stories from this week. It's time time for Taiwan This Week. Good evening and welcome to a special edition of Taiwan This Week, which was recorded live at a European Chamber of Commerce Taiwan ICRT joint event, at which we held a roundtable and discussed the upcoming elections. My guests at the event were Dr Shen Fu Shong, a former lawmaker and well-known economic and political commentator, Alfred Lin, who currently serves as the Deputy Director of the KMT's Culture and Communications Committee, Mark Her, a DPP lawmaker for Taipei's Sherlin Datong District, and Brian Hu, one of the founding editors of New Bloom, and of course, a regular commentator here on ICRT's Taiwan This Week. We'll begin with a quick overview of the elections, and I will ask my guests to talk about the issues that are on voters' minds ahead of the election, and I will start with Alfred Lin. What's on the voters' minds? What are voters thinking about? And what, are they, what do they want the parties to do that they could vote for? Uh, generally, I was about the whole situation, not just Taipei, not just Taiwan, but the whole Taiwanese society now focus on social and economic issue. But of course, a cross-share relations tension uh, recently, we know, also uh, influenced on uh, voters' mind. But majorly, uh, between uh, different counties, they major, majorly have different issues. In Taipei, maybe uh, should be the party politics and transportation. In Taoyuan, we focus on public uh, construction, safety, and also transportation. So it's hard to say uh, what's the people <coughs> most concerned issue, but majorly we still focus on uh, social and economic because actually, if you look at the uh, economic index this year, I, ha- I have to say, sadly, uh, actually we don't have a really good economic uh, growth and situation this year because uh, especially rich and poor, uh, the gap between uh, rich and poor is expanding this year, even stock market fallen now really well in the end of the year. So that could influence many voters, especially those people who got TSNC stock uh, this year, may, might be influenced their, their swing in mind about who can beat economic again for the whole Taiwan next year. Maybe there's a major concern for the most of the voters. And Shen Fushong. All right. I'd like to thank Gavin and the ICRT and the ECCT for the invitation. Uh, it's my pleasure because I like to do this kind of things. And usually in the average day, I spend about $100 NT for lunch. And I realized today you guys spent more than 10, 10 times of that much in order to listen to what we say. So I really can now disappoint you. I have to make sure that you guys went home doing something that your mind about this coming election is not as cloudy as you when you come here. I want you to have some clear-cut what's going on and what will be the end result of the November 26th. My estimate for today is I think the KMT will capture 16 to 17. 16 to 17. The DPP will win four to six, and the TPP will be zero to one. And that's a, that's a approximate rundown. But most of the incumbent running for re-election will be succeed in 
being re-elected. And the interesting city to look at is Taipei City, Taoyuan City, and maybe a little bit about Shinju. And Taipei right now is a, is a three main race, but the picture <coughs> of the entire race from the beginning to today, in fact, it's very clear. But most political commentator or the campaign polling analyzer are not very smart, you know. In the beginning, they confuse about which two their supporting base are overlapping, and both the green camp and the blue camp are wrong because they consider Huang Shanshan and Jiang Wan are overlapping. But things turn out that's not true. So right now, okay, to make it short, Jiang Wan will win the mayor. Okay, Jiang Wan will win the mayor in Taipei City, and in Taoyuan, in fact, it's a toss-up. Until last week, and the KMT's candidate, uh, Mr. Zhang, he's such a nice guy. He's not a political animal. In fact, he was put in in such a favorable circumstance that he can win the race easily because the scandal of the plagiarism of of Shinzu uh, former mayor will make him. To win the race very easy, but he doesn't run a viable campaign until this week. And when the KMT was able to mobilize his grassroots support together, so I think this week, Mr. Chang and Mr. Chen began to pulling apart. So my guess is KMT will also win Taoyuan City, and the ones. The area, any one city, I'm not 100% sure, is Shinzu. Shinzu is a three-way race, but KMT is a little bit falling behind. But between the DPP and uh, the TPP, I'm not 100% sure. But if I want to put on my money, I will put the TPP in my win. But TPP will definitely lost Taipei race. But if she is able to win the race, then Kerwinzer's party will have at least one, one, one seat. But this is also, you know, Gao Hong-an is a little-known congresswoman. And why she became such a viable candidate today is because the ruling government used the entire force to attack her. That backfire, and it make her become such a you know, well-known candidate at this point. <clears throat> so for the next couple of minutes, I want to analyze why the race come down to such a big defeat for the DPP. And the KMT is able to retain not only the original 16 seat, maybe more. I think if someone has to blame, number one, I blame Mr. Tsai, uh, Ms. Tsai, uh, the president, because she took away except the Pintong County. She took away all the primary and put her men in every city except especially the northern Taiwan. But unfortunately, those people, those president men, no, president's boys, they do not perform, especially in Taipei City. The second one to blame is the former mayor of Xinzhou, Lin Zijian, because he's a uh, Plagiarism scandal really has a very severe 
spillover effect. Not only on Xinzhou and the Taoyuan, it's over, over the entire island. And so she, he is probably the second one to blame. The third one is a candidate of Taipei, is Chen Shizhong. Because Chen Shizhong looks good as a commander-in-chief for the anti-pandemic. Uh, but then running as a mayor candidate, he did really perform poorly, very poorly. So I think she's a third one. The finally, you know, the one who really make the campaign looks very worse, very bad for the ruling party are the so-called you know, most of the anchor person, anchor woman at the nightly uh, political show and also the one who operate the net. They really help the government excessively to attack their opponent and the entire campaign backfire and the people think this is too much for the ruling party to do that. So put all these four together, I think the result of November 26th election is pretty clear. And whether that will spill into 2024, the presidential election, I think so. I think so. And so from now, from now on to 2024, the ruling party will have a very difficult time. Well, lots of nodding there from Alfred, but I mean, Mark, her, DPP lawmaker, obviously you weren't nodding very much when Shen Fushong was speaking there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always been a fan of him, and then whatever he said, I think that's his wisdom. In general, I'm playing a rule to point out this uh, mayoral elections for the three major candidates, their insufficient part. Today, I will be a little bit more critic, even to myself, to my party, and then, but it's going to be rational to present it to you guys. On my perspective, I'm quite of, uh, disappointed on this election at this time. Why? Because during the election, maybe it's the post-COVID, people talk about DNA, specific candidates, uh, ancestors, and then talk about toilets. But um, I do like to see more policy and more practical solutions to the problem we have. For example, climate change, for example, the business development, for example, how we gonna revitalize our rural areas in our city. And those issues, they have been addressed, but haven't been highlighted to, to our general public, to our citizens. And that is why you will see, I bring a couple numbers here. You will see um, each candidate's their pools are getting closer and closer, but um, unrevealed. So the way Tai. some people just don't want to answer the question. I think it will explain why, because the voting behaviors, the voting it, it, at the very essential is like voting for your future and then choosing a CEO for the city. But now three candidates, for example, Jiang Man'an, he is being super boring. He doesn't mention anything interesting, nor trying to make the city more innovative. Look at how long being the former uh, mayor. I like him. He did a good job on tai in Taipei. But look at look at uh, look at Zhang Wan and he just being moderate. I think he for me he I feel like he's a monk. Okay, like. He doesn't say anything or give him visions or practical solutions. And then look at the flooding issues we had uh, last week. At the very essential is climate change. 
How come nobody is talking about it? How come there is no policy? There is no solutions for that. If back back in eight years ago, I think there will be huge debate, and that is why people, citizens, are are quite of disappointed. And then by speaking of Huang Sanshan, I think Huang Sanshan's biggest weak weakness is is Ke Wenzhe. In the past eight years, you compare with Hao Longbing's、uh, time when he was a mayor, like basically. You don't see Taipei economically getting better. You don't see the social welfare, even the education or other cultural wise, is not being pro progressed. And by speaking of of the Chen Shizhong, I think he has the leadership. I think he knows he knows how to handle and face huge crises, for example, the COVID. But、um, his team, the campaign teamworks, should be improved. Because on his Facebook we see a lot of、um, issues or problems is not supposed to happen. So anyhow, my conclusion is my prediction is no prediction. My prediction is if tomorrow people really gonna vote, we cannot under we cannot know who is gonna get elected because three of the major candidates their polls are really really close close until until a point like. People are feel quite of disappointed on their policy or their vision or their they they don't generate solutions for for the problem we need to address in this city. Thank you very much, Gavin. So Brian, we have lots of lots of input about who's going to win, and then no predictions about no predictions. Where what are you predicting there, Brian? At the end. Well, I also try not to venture predictions about elections, but I think we can observe certain patterns and trends. And I think, particularly from an international perspective, then a lot of、uh, reactions post facto after the election, whatever results, will interpret things through a cross-strait frame. But that's not actually what voters are voting on this time. I mean, oftentimes you do have the concern about the China factor affecting, for example, legislative and presidential elections. But with local elections, it's much more often about domestic issues, and some of them have come up during the、uh, comments by the other panelists. For example. Economic growth or job opportunities, or we talked a bit about masks.、Uh, for example, the Thai administration's record on COVID-19.、Uh, for example, running Chen Shizhong as the Taipei mayoral candidate in a race that historically sets the tone for other races because this is the capital, and、uh, oftentimes you do have a pattern of mayors leading interim presidents.、Uh, that you do run the Foreign Minister of Health and Welfare means that this becomes a sort of referendum on how you did on COVID, for example. Uh, but I think what's also interesting to think about then is that much of the race boils then down to party ID.、Uh, what actually I also agree that I don't think there has not been a lot of substantive discussion of politics. It is often about party ID, and so I think there's another factor in that is perhaps the referendum. That in this referendum this time around, the only issue being voted on is voting age, an issue that ostensibly both parties support lowering the voting age. And so as a result, there has not been the strong focus on, for example, social issues. Uh, or other issues, or for example, development of,、uh, for example, infrastructure that's come up in other elections, and so that's a kind of another different factor this time around. Alfred Lin. Yes.、Uh, first of all, I would say I cannot agree more about actually Dr. Shen's analysis because it actually aligns with many、uh, inside our party's analysts and outside analysts. We have very similar prediction. But back to Taipei,、uh, there's something I want to say because actually since March. This year to now, actually, to me, Taipei situation is not changed much 
because the, the first place always been Zhang Wang'an over 35%. The numbers talks, well, the only major impact is the second place and the third place. They exchange position with each other. This Huang Shanshan is actually getting uh, rising to the second place. There's a lot of reasons. Some of uh, the legislator already mentioned some. But uh, back to Huang Shanshan, I would say actually to many pen blue voter, Huang Shanshan is actually a doable option. She was come from also mainlander uh, family background and doing uh, hard work in city councilor and city government for over 20 years. It's an accountable uh, politician and very close to people compared to Zhang Wang and Chen Shizhong, to be honest. But uh, I think we all know uh, one story, especially from uh, Euro's friends. You know, uh, crossing the Rubicon, Crossing the river when Caesar gonna gonna attack Rome, crossing the the river, uh, many people remembers what Caesar said, but ignored who is he's coming with. It's legends, it's many many strong legends. That's what Chen Shizhong and Huang Shanshan really actually like off because even Zhang Wan as a legislator, he's actually doing well in Parliament. Like yesterday, he revealed and exposed a, a scandal, government scandal over the vaccine issue to the government to speaking out for those people who vaccinate uh, the national uh, medigen COVID-19 vaccine recommended by government, but later coming out some controversy issue and John Wan speak out for them. So that's only also the reason why he get a lot supporting Ray. But also the key point is he has a lot of city councilor and local grassroots organization in Taipei with him. That also has to do a lot with the voter structure in Taipei City, especially this area. It's kind of a traditional poor KNT or I should say poor ROC uh, area. So Huang Shanshan is the kind of very good movie, but does badly in the box office. I feel a little pity about that. He, she is a really good politician uh, as a CEO of city, I would say. But he, she likes of a grassroots organization, party resource, and city council with, with her. So uh, back to Chen Shizhong, just like legislator Ho already mentioned a little. Uh, traditionally, I would say DPP's political step team was really great. They are very professional and highly divided and work, work very good. Performance in campaign very good. But this year in Taipei, I don't know. Uh, actually, we are very confused. I mean, from KNT's side, because we saw uh, Chen Shizhong's team uh, looks like in, in experience. And the media revealed some uh, phenomena about uh, those, their political staff team was composed of uh, many second generation children of DPPs politician and government high-ranking officials, they looks like uh, actually inexperienced to dealing with the campaign daily issue. So uh, actually, I really want to see they can improve their performance and back to a uh, policy context because Taipei is a mark of Taiwan. We deserve better uh, actually policy debate and political uh, agenda in these last 30 days, actually. So I think Taipei is very interesting, but just like uh, Dr. Shen already say, I think if the numbers keep the still the situation, the trend, in the end, I believe we have a high confidence of Zhang Wan's factory. Yes. Right. And going back to Mark, um, talk of nepotism there in Taipei. 
giving it to family members of friends to run and help your candidate win. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Or do you think it could backfire against the party in Taipei? Okay. Um, I think combining everybody was saying, okay. I think this in this election, besides the policy, oh, besides the policy, you know, sometimes in general public, they want to see how a candidate responds to specific issues. And then it's, it, we in Taiwan, it's kind of funny, like we care more about attitudes. Like how do they project themselves? How do they put it, themselves on the table? So um, allow me to give you guys a, 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 a very a concentration of my, my, to respond to the question. Like I think in this time, three major candidates Huang Sansan is the most important one. I would say if she earns more than 25% of the votes, then Chen Shizhong will win. If she wins less than 25% of the votes, and then uh, Jiang Wan will win. So that is why you, in, in, the, in my first, in my very beginning, I would say that is why it explained the reason how come Jiang Wan was being so benign and so dull and so boring in the very beginning. But recently, you will see Jiang Wan's attitude is different. He's pretty much he he was literally yelling at in front of the camera. He, he he was literally attacking everybody. He was literally becoming very aggressive. I mean, attitude wise, he is trying to earn the votes, which are really extreme, which are really um, they want to see. Uh, they want to the, the the specific groups. They want to see him be attractive, and then I think he is trying to dig, trying hard to earn those people's favors. Thank you, Doctor Shen. So I like to look at the issue from different angles. You know, I'm here not to praise certain candidate over the other one, or to really or downgrade the Mister So and So over the other one. There's no point for me to do that. At this occasion, the reason is very simple, because most of you do not have the right to vote, right? So why I have to hear to say someone is better than other one? I really look at the potential outcome simply from the mathematics point of view. You know, up to this point, all the poll you look at, number two and number three, either one, that's Mr. Chen Shizong and. Uh, Sunshan, the two, the TPP and the DPP's candidate, the vote, the support, put together either 50 to 60. But the difference between the two is very small. So either 4% to 6%. But when you have A plus B equal to 50 and A minus B equal to 4, then that means the this, the pie, the size of the pie between these two, they even they split between the two. And that almost, the result is a guarantee, the victory of Jiang Wanan. So Jiang Wan, you know, the eventual result, because the poll and the eventual final vote getting is different. Because when you look at the poll, about 20% is undecided. But when November 26th, final vote is coming out. There's no undecided vote. Every vote is counted. So right now, all the polling numbers should be divided by 0.8. So if Chiang Wan's poll support right now is 32%, it 
you should divide by 0.8. So it's 32% equal to 40% of the final vote. So my guess is the final vote Jawana is able to get is about 40%. The other two together is about close to 60%. But 60% if divided between the two is 40 and 20. Then Jawana is not sure to win. But it's not, it's not going to the case. Because 40-20 split, the difference is 20. But right now, there's no evidence. The difference between the two is as big as 20. At the most, it's only six. So that is really good news for Chiang Wan. And, and the, the three person, three candidates, they are very different. Different style, different character, different you know, career. And uh, when they become the mayor, the city under the administration will be certainly be different. But I'm here, I emphasize again, once more, I'm not here to say which is better for the Taipei city. I'm here today, just look at the number, I think Jiang Wang'an will be the next mayor. Brian, you're, you're a bit of a skeptic, so I mean, do you believe these polls? And what polls should people be looking at? Because there's, of course there's an umbrage of polls. The Liberty Times has a poll, the United Daily News has a poll, the China Times has a poll, Yahoo has a poll. So I think that's a challenge about polling in Taiwan is that <clears throat> oftentimes polling is released with an aim of affecting the election results. And so it is not objective. I mean, that's why there are laws preventing polls from being carried out within certain time frames before the election they're talking about in the media. Uh, and so oftentimes then I think the most accurate polls are after the fact. And by then point, it's not actually affecting elections. But then I think that it is quite an interesting race this time around. We often do see these scenarios in Taiwanese politics in which splits allow an unexpected candidate to win. Historically, Taipei is more pan-blue, as has been brought up before. Uh, but then there's a question here that the KMT has been around for a while and the TPP is a rising party. Uh, how do you kind of pit them up against each other in that sense? And what is the future, for example, of the TPP after Koenche? Uh, it's interesting to note now, I think that with the month left before the elections, the candidates are starting to lean more heavily into attacking each other. As mentioned, Yang Wanan kind of hummed back and though he has been critical in legislature in the past, he didn't actually engage in as much attacks and that's maybe changing now. Chen Shizhong is transitioning from being a, uh, a government official to a political candidate. And so switching political styles from having to be kind of objective to now attacking and leaning more into that. And Huang Shanshan has to some extent depended on Ko Wenzhe to attack Chen Shizhong, for example, regarding that the claim that he defended Taipei from Chen Shizhong's COVID policies. And so I think kind of we're seeing this dynamic now playing out, but it's still kind of hard to figure out based on these uh, many uncertain factors. And so. I'm not too sure based on uh, I can venture prediction of the future. And Alfred? Yes, uh, partially I should agree with him because actually uh, polling in Taiwan politics right now is going to be weaponized to uh, attack each other. So we look very cautiously uh, at different uh, media, different party, what's the credibility with the polling. So of course, actually each party, they will, we have own, uh, our own inside polling. We're not public. Uh, to, to the public to know, but uh, is it going to be um, customer and already get really used to uh, issue a weapon for those many media or many party or politician to use that uh, polling, to make polling to attack one another. In China, Mandarin, we say this called Ming Diao. Ming Diao is polling, but right now we say it's always Ming Tiao. Ming tells me that polling has been adjusted for the special purpose. So uh, it's very important for us, or maybe for public as well, 
to uh, distinguish and tell the difference between uh, casuals and credibility polling and those making polling numbers just for uh, bluffing uh, candidates supporting race, something like that, because actually they already been get used in very uh, comprehensive in Taiwan's party. So that's one of our job to distinguish different polls. Mark her. Uh, I think I believe every every single one of them. I have uh, this uh, printout on my hand. Since 2020, April 15, there was a pool until today. And then in the very beginning, it's kind of awkward, like so funny, like, Jiang Wan has like about like fifty percent of the vote of the of the favors, and then Chen Shizhong he he at the highest point he reached like forty nine percent of the favors, and then Huang Shanshan in the very beginning she probably has like um, eight or nine percent of favors, but you see the company Olo's numbers, you will see your traction right now until today is like it's more like thirty. 30 and 20 something. So it's like three, three, two by proportion on, on the pools. So like I would tell you a hidden secret, like in DPP, our plan was like having let Huang Sansan get stronger, get bigger. And then because we know uh, uh, but on the spectrum of green or blue, Huang Sansan will only, only get more votes and support from the KMTs, not from the DPP. So that is why if Huang Shanshan earns more than 25%, I mean, I would say 20 to 25% in between of the votes on the election date, and then Chen Shizhong will be there, and then in, in this future, he will be seated inside of the city hall. That's, that's the thing you guys can, can tell, can see. But um, of course, uh, Chen, uh, Jiang Wanan's, their campaign team, and also want to maneuver Huang Shanshan. They are kind of working together, and then you will see the debates. By the time I predict that on the debate, debating day, Huang Shanshan and the Jiang Wan, both of them will, uh, will go ahead to attack Chen Shizhong brutally because they knew he probably, because the DPP uh, supporters we are really consolidated. We are really unified together. You will see the poll, like more than 85% of the DPP supporters, they will go out and vote. And they are willing to tell people they support Chen Shizhong. I think that's something quite tricky. But instead, on the other hand, Jiang Wan'an, I'm not so sure how his supporters sees him because Jiang Wan'an and, uh, and uh, Huang Shanshan, they're actually sharing the same pool. <laughs> they, have, they have the same similar supporters there. And that is why you will see Huang Shanshan and Jiang Wan'an, they are, they, are be they are becoming quite of attractive. They will say things kind of sharp. They will cut people when, when, they, when they carry on, when they, when they present it, when they be presented in public. But um, anyways, I would see, I would tell, and then I would see um, Chen Shizhong. Right now, we are changing our tactic. We are changing. We are trying to tell people how much we achieved, how much efforts we put in into um, combating the COVID. And then we will let the facts and the numbers tell the truth. Thank you. Now, Brian, what about outside influences on this election, Brian? Obviously, Dr. Shen Fuzhong talked about cyber armies. 
disseminating stories, but what do you think about any outside influences? So I think it is a question. I mean, particularly we just saw the uh, 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, and this, of course, takes place in a context following unprecedented live fire drills conducted by China around Taiwan, closer than during the third Taiwan Straits crisis. Uh, so it's possible there will be some statement, for example, from China attempting to influence the election outcome. Uh, but then I also think what's interesting is regarding how, for example, the Pan Blue Camp reacts to that. Uh, that the camp, the Pan Blue Camp, for example, or that the KMT rather congratulated China after the 20th National Congress, or that the Vice Chair Andrew Xiao went to China after uh, the live fire drills around that time. Anyway, uh, that might not actually work out so well for the party in terms of association of the KMT with China. Uh, but I think also what worth keeping an eye on is disinformation. Both sides are slinging accusations of cyber armies against each other now. Uh, I think particularly there will be increased scrutiny on, for example. Media outlets owned by the Wan Wan Group and what they're saying, for example, the narrative then that the Tsai administration paid too much for vaccines, or for example, the news reports circulating that Chen Ming Tong, the Director General of the National Security Bureau, went to Thailand for a trip. Uh, those kind of stories might pop up, and so I think as we get closer to the actual election date, if there is ammo being saved up for that's from let's say Chinese disinformation efforts, we'll start seeing that coming out, and so there might be some drama in the next month. Yes. Do you see China trying to interfere in the local elections? What do you think Beijing is thinking now? Are they thinking about the local elections? Are Beijing not caring about the local elections in Taiwan at all? I think they learned a lesson in the past, because the more they try to help, they backfire, and the result is not something that they wish. But I, you know, that's as simple as that. Because particularly, you see the two days ago, what Xi Jinping, the kind of show he put up in front of the whole world, you know, that is a very funny in the eyes of Taiwanese people. That is a very stupid show, you know. It, it, you know, it's like a puppet. You know, he just put seven puppet next to him, and the one he did with cleaning up his opposing faction. More so than he tried to clean the Omicron virus, and the Taiwanese people look at that. That I would say at this point, more than eighty percent of the people do not want unification. But I don't understand why your party is so afraid of saying something straightforward to Beijing. You know, they always try to figure out to. Define the relationship between both sides of the shore, of of the strait. But you should not do that because the more you do that, you lose. And、uh, you should not say we are follow the constitution. That's also not a very smart approach too, because our current constitution is really not the real one reflect the people's wish. It's simply because under the pressure of the PRC, this article says we cannot change because the original territory we cannot change. This you don't change. That you don't change. That is not the constitution reflect the people's wish. So for the KMT to do something right, all you have to do just tell the people what is the common ground, common opinion of the people. Number one is you don't dare to declare independence. Number two, you don't want to be reunited, unification. Number three, you cannot run away from PRC. 
because the trade in terms of volume is so huge that you can never run away. And number four, there should not be a war in the land of Taiwan. If you just insist that four principle and ask Xi Jinping, why when 80% of people don't want to have a unification, why you want to, to, to fight? Why you want to attack them? And, uh, but he said very clearly in the, in the recent speech, he refused to denounce the usage of power. But he clearly said that they use the force only limited to two kinds of person. Number one is foreign element. That's you, you guys, you know, foreign element. <laughs> and the second one is a small number of independence advocate. He emphasized small number. That means the majority of people who do not want unification are not his target of attack. And the KMT just present the fact, and you will have the vote. But you guys just don't know how to deal with PRC. But this is, you know, you guys in Taiwan doing business has been quite a while, right? You understand the Chinese people as well as Taiwanese people are very rigid. You know, when PRC says something, you don't like it, you jump, and you already counterattack right away. You should pray with them. You know, I think Xi Jinping already reached a status that he historically never in such a historical statue as he is. He would not dare to fight. He would not willing to fight. I think the way I see it, you know, between USA and the PLC, what do you think? Which side is, is more wish to fight at this point? I think it's the USA. I think it's the USA. USA is saying, I want to maintain the status quo. And you try to destroy it. But the PRC say, you didn't obey the promise that you did in the Taiwan IFA, San Gong Bao. But you know, the, the true fact is, neither one like Taiwan. But neither one can not do it without major sacrifice. So in this very tight balance between the two major powers, Taiwan is safe. You take my words. In the next 20 years, there will be no war in Formosan Strait. You see, there will be no war. It's probably the safest place of the entire world. And do the business as big as much as you want. You see? And, 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 come, and come back to the election. I really don't say much about Mark's idea. But Marx like to see like to see things from his angle. Because right now he really worry a lot. Because Chen Shizong except the new poll released yesterday by Gallup, Chen Shizong is always ranked number three, not number two. You see what I mean? So Chen Shizong very much will be the eventual loser and lost but not lose much to the second one. Will be around three to six percent, not much. But he will lose, for sure. So the night of November 26th, the one we will get very depressed is Mark, not me. 
Alfred. Yes, I know uh, many people are concerned about cross-share relation. I would say seven years ago, I met Xi Jinping in person, just like this close. We exchanged some view about cross-share relation. But back in that time, he looks like a sense, uh, he got some sense of historical mission and uh, with honor, uh, honorable feelings leader, uh, open-minded, even have some sense of humor back in that time. But now many things already changed. Of course, you know, uh, traditional position of my party, KNT, want to uh, maintain friendly relations with mainland China by open dialogue. But right now, uh, let me not just on behalf of KNT spokesman, but also uh, ROC Army Lieutenant Plenty Leader here to speak to you. I would say I'm very concerned about in the nearing future, we will have a military conflict in Taiwan. Sure. And I think that's very serious thing uh, we have to con con consider it. Uh, that is the reason why uh, new candy chairman Eric Zhu from uh, this year, very earlier, to change our policy line back to our actual original uh, tradition, pro-US, pro-democracy, and expanded military coalition with liberal country and those democratic country. Inside KNT, of course, we have policy line struggle, but fortunately, just like uh, host introduced me earlier, we won the chairmanship uh, campaign, and we adjust our policy line with uh, democracy country. We support Hong Kong, we condemn situation in Xinjiang, and also condemn Xi Jinping in his last, last year's speech uh, in October 10, because we, the Republic of China, we are poor, uh, democratic and liberty for the whole China. That's our original, original idea from 100 years ago. Today is actually a very special day. I don't know if you know. Today is Taiwan Restoration Day from uh, World War II because we won the eight years anti-Japanese war and we restored Taiwan. That's first time in history. Question. You re, uh, reunified under one constitution. That's for liberty and democracy. That's our idea. New generation in KNT and under Eric leadership. So we are struggling with our policy line inside and outside. We want to deliver this message. Facing uh, the Taiwan will be have a very difficult time in the nearing next two or three years, I would say. So uh, before this forum uh, began, I actually have talked with some of my, fr my friends. I said, I really hope next year we could have a cross-party forum from every different party, KNT, DPP, TPP, or whatever, new Thai party, whatever. We can sit down and talk what's the best challenge for Taiwan. Defense and dialogue is our option right now, but which one? We should choose singly, or we have found some way to make a balance. Because I really like a lot thing, or is the CVS passion paravelong. That means if you want peace, you have to prepare for war. That's our attitude right now. Sorry, a little serious, but I really want to use this timing to deliver this kind of message. Yeah, thanks so much. And Mark, what about the China issue? Regarding to the China factors, I mean after COVID, after Ukrainian crisis, and combining with all the inflations. I mean, everybody is so tired, regardless you are European, American, or Taiwanese. And then right now we do see the big 20, I mean, the 20 Congress was done. And then 
in Taiwan from my side, uh, Xi Jinping, what he wants, what the CCP wants. I think that's the answer we need to really see the crystal clear. And then obviously you see China right now the real estate, for example, in Beijing, it dropped by sixty percent. And then let's talk about the subprime、uh, crisis back in in the U.S.、Um, The real estate outputs in the U.S. accounts about eighteen percent to twenty percent, but in China, the economic outputs from real estate sector sectors it's more than thirty percent. So what I'm gonna come jump into a conclusion. Xi Jinping, I think he earned his historical status already politically, and、um, part in internal in his party. So politically, he's very very stable. But economically, variables, economic fluctuations, in the long run, I think that will give him a huge challenge. And then, what I'm gonna say is, right now the U.S. and the China they are doing decoupling, so we have to see and to find a niche for Taiwan. And then I、um, also wanna echo to Shen Fuxiong, what Xi Jinping wants. It's so easy to understand and so easy to predict. What the dictator wants, he wants his power on his hand forever and ever. So, right now, maintaining the status quo is something U.S. wanted, and also what China wanted, and also what Taiwan wanted. And then, by speaking of one country, two system, look at Hong Kong right now. Is that is that a is that an economic result?、Uh, Beijing wants. I don't think so. In Taiwan, we are proudly to say we have very diligent, high-quality employee, and then the government will listen to people. The government here, regardless blue or green, when people outcry for specific issues, we listen to people. That's the beauty of democracy, and we change, we improve ourselves. Then that's Taiwan. So. Taiwan get attacked or get blocked or get any、uh, specific、uh, incidents. That's not China wanted to see because their internal issue is at high. And then by speaking, give you guys a hint. Even though in Beijing there is no no some such a thing called factions, but Xi Jinping internally they divided into couple little bubbles. They have they have factions there too. So、um, from Taiwan's perspective. In this election, I think China issue, China factors, is something people will pay a very close attention to because next year will be each party's presidential、uh, primary election. So everything is a link it to, together. And with this midterm elections, I won't say I'm hundred percent confidence. I don't say. Chen Shizhong will hundred percent win the election, and then along the way, during the campaign process, DPP, we we have our homework to do. We have some reflections to do. We have some maybe some apologize apologies to people. No no government can always do an A plus plus job, but by facts, by numbers, by global index, you can do the comparison. Taiwan is actually doing a good job, and we just need to carry that message to our to to Taipei City to to our people. And the other thing is, Chen Shizhong right now the biggest problem 
is not Jiang Wan'an nor Huang Sanshan. The biggest problem is himself. Like because of the election, he is not really, really being himself. So my suggestions to him, public, publicly or privately, I say Chen Shizhong, you gotta be yourself. Stop changing clothes. Stop acting like a cartoon characters. I think be you. Be the be the one you can handle. You can face the crisis. You can handle such a huge, uh, humongous challenging from from COVID. I think we can still do it. I have I have confidence on him. I know in the in each election there requires a lot of my game, some calculations to excel the election. But at the very end, we are telling a successful story. We are telling the story, the democracy story of Taiwan to our people. That's all I have to share. Thank you very much. You've been listening to an ECCT ICRT roundtable recorded live in Taipei, where I've been speaking to Dr. Shen Fu Shong, Alfred Lin, Mark Her, and Brian Hugh about the upcoming elections. And Taiwan this week will resume its normal format next Friday. Tune in again next Friday evening at nine for another informative look at the top stories of the week with Taiwan This Week. And don't forget to also check out our podcast on our website, icrt.com.tw. Now keep it here for more music and news only on ICRT FM 100.